0: Welcome to the Work For Your Meat podcast. I'm your host Matthew Burrows and I am here with again JT and I'm proud to have him on here as always because he is my good friend and he knows a lot more than I do. Um, So we are going to talk about the upcoming draw. He's laughing on the phone right now. I told him to shut up and he won't. Um, we're going to talk about the upcoming draw for elk that we actually all just put in for me, JT, and Bobby, and we're pretty excited about that. We're also I'm also going to talk about uh, my camping trip I went on last weekend. Uh, after I talked to JT about you know the upcoming draw and everything we got planned um, up to that. So right now we're actually reading the regs and trying to figure out when the heck they're going to decide to do the draw. But they said we have until March first. To have our cards and everything ready to go, so that hopefully that means soon. JT, what's up, man?
1: Not much, man. Like I said, just uh, trying to figure out when this uh, this draw process is going to take place here for uh, the Arizona Elk and uh, Pronghorn season coming this fall. Um, fingers crossed, man. Been praying to the Lord about it, you know, hoping that we all get all get tags, and you know, if not, we got. Uh, we both got drawn here for the, uh, another cow elk hunt in Wyoming and we're going to be putting for the, uh, the mule deer and antelope draw up there for the fall as well for, uh, the late October, early November hunt. So, yeah, you know, just, just grinding away, man. <laughs> you know, work, work's been busy and trying to, trying to still, you know, stay focused on work and at the same time trying to maintain all this stuff going on with the hunting that we have, that we have planned and. You know, it's 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 a busy season
0: right now. It's always busy and you got your, you know, upcoming bear hunt soon, so you gotta start focusing on that as well, which is kinda crazy. I know I put in for my elk hunt and I only have one preference point and in Arizona it's kinda hard to get drawn, you know. So I tried to pick the areas with like the most tags, like in Flagstaff, six A, I think they're giving out like seven hundred total tags, which is quite a bit. So, you know, I'm just trying to get the draw odds in my favor. JT has, how many do you have? Three or four? Three? I think
2: three or four, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So three or four, he has a pretty good chance of getting drawn. I mean, it's hard to get drawn in Arizona for a bull elk, but when you do, man, it's it's worth it because there are some monsters out there, um, yeah. especially the oh, units yeah. you put in for. Holy crap. You know, anywhere up north, it's just like elk country, dude. You walk anywhere and it's just like, you know, scat tracks, just big elk poop and everything like that. It's awesome out there. Um, like Like I was saying... Just in our camping trip I went on last weekend with Bobby and my buddy Chris. Uh, We call him Dr. Jones, which he's not a doctor at all. Um, We were just walking around the woods with my dog and, like, just elk crap everywhere and, like, hoof tracks. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, of course, we can't hunt, but it was freaking cool to see that, you know? Yeah, it's good to see. It's
1: good to see sign. It's good to know that the units that we're going to be hunting in are rich with game. Um, And, uh, like I said, it's... I, I always say this, it's, it's not about the
2: hunt, but it's about the process, and it's about the memories made on the hunt. It's not about a successful harvest for me <laughs> yeah. at
1: all, and it just and adds, and it just, just kind of, the, the you know, a successful hunt just kind of adds to the hunt itself, and obviously it makes it more memorable, but uh, just, I mean, even, even our Wyoming hunt, man, it's, we were successful one out of five tags, but just the the hard work and the dedication and stuff that we put into it and just the process, the driving up, the yeah. long drive up, <laughs> the, the long hours out there, hiking around 15 miles a day, 15, you know, 15 plus miles a day. Um, and then, you know,
0: actually freezing you know, cold they,
1: temperatures. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're putting, you're putting a lot of work in and it's, you know, that just, that alone is memorable. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to forget stuff like that.
0: Well, It's, um, it's funny. So, Cause like, you know any any hunt you go on especially here anywhere on the west coast it's like everywhere you go you either got a backpack into it and camp out there or you got to walk around for miles like we've talked about in the other podcast and it's funny because like you will be just wrecked your legs will be destroyed your back will be destroyed from carrying a pack you're tired and you're still just like laughing or like when you get back to the truck or back to like the crappy hotel you're staying in just because you're there to sleep everyone's just laughing and having fun even though you're so sore it's hard to even walk but you're just ready for the yeah. next day
1: <laughs> you're, you're you're practically delusional at the end of the day yeah and, and everything just happens to be funny
0: pushed so, to the limit um, but yeah i mean
1: i just got done with my my spring javelina hunt with my girlfriend which again it, it ended up not being uh a successful harvest but it was her official first hunt that's awesome uh, where she got drawn for a tag and uh i mean we had such a good time it was just it was fun bringing her out and kind of just showing her the ropes and uh you know just enjoying just enjoying time in god's country is always a blessing so yeah you you can't beat
0: it it's beautiful dude and the weather here has been freaking perfect man like literally yeah. it's even like in the mornings like 40 degrees like <laughs> everywhere else it's like a frozen tundra and we're just getting 40 degree weather and nothing too crazy you know yeah
1: so. yeah it's this is a perfect time of year out here i mean this is this season right now in arizona is the reason why i think people move to arizona because the summer heat is obviously just unbearable but you know when you have you know forty forty 40 to 50 degree temps in the morning and 40 to 50 degree temps at night with a high of 75, 80 during the day with no humidity. It's, it's, it's hard to pass. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great hunting
0: weather. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's awesome. Cause you got your spring Turkey and you got, you know, your bear tags and I mean, you got a lot yep. that you got to start, you got to start planning this stuff. You guys are getting onto it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to do, a, there's a lot of planning that's, it's, that's, that's need to be, uh, that needs to be scheduled out, but it'll get done. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll, I'm going to try to get some people to go up there with me during my hunts,
0: just to get out and, you know, again, just to enjoy each other's company and and friendship and fellowship. And, and it, like I said, it's it's going to be a blast. I'm really excited for it. So, yeah. So, real quick, before you know, I got to get you off the phone. What um what units did you put yourself in for for this elk draw? So we can get back to that a little bit.
1: Um, if I remember off the top of my head. I know that
3: my first unit choice was 7W. Okay, 7 um, Yep, so 7 West, and I want to say my
1: second choice was either 6A or 6B. Yeah. And again, I can't think off the top of my head, um, but all of them are very rich with game. Um,
0: and 7W is one of the ones where it's like you need preference points, but if you get drawn for it, it's awesome, awesome spot. Yes. Big, big, big bowls in there.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm not expecting to be drawn with the four, three or four preference points that I have. I mean, I have a chance, and I know obviously anyone has a chance, even if you don't, even if you don't have no preference points. Yeah. But um, given the fact that it's a very highly demanded area to put in for, um, you know, I'm not – I'm not getting my hopes up about getting drawn, but if I get drawn, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to be ecstatic.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, uh, I think I put in for six a first and then like, I think I put in for seven W second just because I have like barely, any pre- I have one preference point. So it's like nothing good, you know? And then yeah. I started to just put in for random ones. Like I put in 21, like, uh, like 21 North where we were in Payson, which is, by the North Rim, dude. Oh, my God. It's awesome up there. Just seeing that air And, uh, and 22. Just because after camping out there, I was like, yep, this is definitely a spot I need to put in for and hopefully get drawn for because there are elk out here. You just have to find them. <laughs> They're out there. You just got to find them. They're out there. You just got to find them. That's like our good buddies' quote of the day every single day. They're out there. Yep. Just got to find them.
1: And it's the truth. They are. So, um freaking go yeah i mean like i said there's there's a lot to be scheduled uh there's a lot that needs to be planned out still but um you know trying to work around a busy work schedule it'll get done it'll just probably be
0: last minute last minute planning yeah but
1: like i said in the end i will be in the woods for turkey and spring bear yeah you have to uh, obviously you know wyoming at the end of the year and possibly colorado Ohio for the rut in November, and uh, you know probably some, hopefully some some fly fishing trips here and there up in northern Arizona.
0: That'd be sweet. I tried fly fishing last weekend; it was horrible.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an art. Like, oh my, my, like my, like like my cousin said, which I think he kind of hit the the nail on the head. And I think I said this in one of the other podcasts, is that fly fishing is like the the bow hunting of fishing. It just takes yeah. a little bit more finesse, you know, a little bit more. Uh, Skill, and you know it's just something that you know you got to you got to work a little bit harder for you know you got to work for your (laughs) meat yeah you got to work yeah exactly you got to work for your meat and again i i I don't i don't say any of this to knock anyone that that does any spin cast or or push push button you know reels or anything like that because you know fishing is fishing and you know i i always tell people you know fishing is called fishing and hunting is called hunting and it's not called killing for a reason it's not called killing yeah you know it, it takes it takes time it takes effort it takes skill you know it takes a lot of work to to get that successful harvester to or to, to snag to you know to snag a good fish but in the end it's just it's just about being out there and enjoying it man
0: yeah if it was easy everyone would do it yeah it's not
1: you know, <laughs> it's you know and, and and hunting and hunting like i said before is it's not a it's not a cheap sport to be a part of i mean it's especially initial costs it's very <laughs> expensive to start hunting to yeah. start fly fishing to uh to start all this stuff up but you know it's it's a passion so it's it's money well spent
0: yeah especially when you're buying all the kuyu gear that is freaking you know the best of the top of the line you know it's but once you have it, it's like <laughs> lifetime even though i freaking I was at the camping spot, and a ember caught my pants on fire, and I burned a hole in my QU softshell bottom. Oh, no. Yeah, it kind of devastated me. It really yeah, devastated me. I know, I got to take care of it. Also, on top of that, me and JT and a couple others have been busy with the CrossFit Open because we've been training and doing that because it's just an awesome way to get together another thing and just work out and train. So, I don't know who's all doing that out there, but... If you are good on you, it's definitely not easy. Yeah,
1: good on you. Good luck to you. Keep, keep working hard. Keep grinding. Tight. Um, I mean, you can look at it in a lot of different ways. You can, you can look at doing a the open just like you're doing a backpack or something. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. You're going to be tired.
0: You're going to be exhausted. I've got to keep pushing. And you know, the clock will run out eventually. But, you know, yeah, you just got to keep going. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm uh, I think I'm think starting to lose you, buddy, on this uh, phone call right now. You're getting a little staticky. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I'll get rocking with man. All right, um, cool. And we'll pick up later on this. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll talk some more. I'm definitely going to uh, talk more on these elk hunts and uh, get Bobby on the phone hopefully here soon after this short break, and we will be back with that soon. So see you guys in a second. <laughs>
3: Trying to get tickets to uh, the 18.4 competition at Fury, so we can go watch some dudes battle it out because it's freaking awesome to watch. But I don't think he's going to get them. No, I didn't. I didn't get notified
4: until now, and it's in two days.
3: So it's not in two days. It's in like two weeks because 18.3 is next, if you can count. (laughs) But no big deal. I thought
4: we were multiplying by two. (laughs)
3: Oh man. Alright Bobby, let's talk about let's let's talk about this weekend. Or actually sorry, was it last weekend? Yeah. We went on a sick camping trip to Payson. Um thank God Bobby is a local because I was just gonna drive up to somewhere where I had no idea where I was going and just park my car and camp. But thanks to Bobby coming, he knew of an awesome spot. where were we exactly in Payson? Uh, Woods Canyon Lake. Woods Canyon Lake, which is on which rim? Which rim is that near? Oh, yeah. Uh Mogion Rim. Okay. So we're at the Sweet Lake and we drove, we woke up early in the morning. What was it? Friday morning? So we had a four day weekend? Yeah. Yeah. We woke up early morning Friday. Of course we went out the night before, which probably wasn't the best idea, but whatever. So we woke up early Friday morning and we were ready to go, ready to rock and roll. We had everything packed up and our buddy Jones was going to come with us <laughs> and, uh, I told him to be at my house by 5.30 so we can get on the road You know, by like 6. So he shoots me a text message at like 4.45. Hey, man, I'm going to run a little late. All right, cool. It's 4.45, so you got plenty of time, dude. I said 5.30. So 5.30 comes around. He's not here. I'm like, all right, he's going to run a little late. And it's like 5.45. I'm like, all right, well, you know, where's this guy? And then it's like going on 6 o'clock and still wondering where Jones is, and he finally shows up the- at... <laughs> I think I messaged you at, like, 7, like, did he die? <laughs> and then, finally, at, like, 6.15, I hear a truck pull up, and I was like, dude, what happened? Oh, yeah, I started packing at 4.45 this morning. Oh. So when you met by you were going to be late, you mean you probably weren't going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um- so we drove up with all the dogs. Of course, I have a medium-sized dog. Bobby has a big, goofy, awesome, majestic dog. And Jones has a tiny little teacup. So uh-huh. we bring the tiny little teacup up with us, and his name is Reese, and he's hilarious. Um, so we drove, what, it was like a three-hour trip up, like, north. Like, Payson's, like, what, northeast? Yeah, it was, like, yeah, like trainer. Yeah, like three and a half hours. And we got to the first spot. We were going to go camp, and we're driving up to the rim, and there's snow everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I sleep in the back of my truck. I have a camper shell, so it's it wouldn't have been a problem for me. But these guys that use tents and stuff, so they would have been in some nasty wet stuff. So we're sitting there trying to debate what to do after driving three and a half hours up. So we decided to turn around and go back down the mountain a little bit. We found a little pull-off on a forest road, I think. And got, like, because we all have trucks. Oh, I had my truck. Bobby had his truck. And we were able to get, you know, deep enough back into the woods off a dirt road and just a little pull-off, like a little campsite that someone already had, which was awesome. So we found a sweet little spot. Got there around, like, 1 or 2 o'clock. Started setting up camp, getting everything out. Got the campfire going. Of course, everything was wet, so it was kind of hard to get going. Good thing we bought a freaking 10-gallon bottle of lighter fluid. Yeah, because I wanted to buy the little bottle, and Bobby's like, it's going to be kind of wet up there. I was like, all right. And we used the whole entire bottle. Um, so that was yeah. good. So we set up camp, and we decided that we were going to wait till the next day to go fishing because the lake there is gorgeous and beautiful. As you can tell from the pictures I posted, which you guys obviously saw already because this podcast is coming out a little late. Um, but we got there, we set up camp, started making dinner. I have but
4: it for to eat on his crap follow
3: you'll love it as Alyssa's laughing in the background (laughs) yeah go to it follow it love it it's awesome talk about a lot of cool stuff so (coughs) we set up camp what what did we have what did we eat the first night we had some we had some steaks I think the first night we ate some steaks cooked it over cooked it over your little uh what'd you have a little Coleman grill yeah yeah So, so so let's bring it back so Friday right Friday morning I guess we're still talking about Friday. Yeah, we're still on Friday. So it was like 7 a.m. I was like, dude, where's this Jones dude? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Like, we were supposed to leave like an hour and a half ago, right? So
4: I was like, in my mind, I was like, man, we should have just left without this dude, right? And then we get up, we get to camp, and this dude totally redeems himself. (laughs) He puts, like, Wrangler jeans on these cowboy boots that have like a Texas flag on them. <laughs> he like tucks his pants into his boots. You know, like you know where people like the pants over their boots. you this dude. Tucks his pants into his boots. Puts on a like, Carhartt jacket. And have you ever seen Christmas Vacation? If you have, you know who Cousin Eddie is. Cousin Eddie has that hat. It's like a Esk- and,
3: like, Eskimo like, hat.
4: The ear flaps. It, but his is, so Jones is like a like a red and black plaid Cousin Eddie hat throws it on but he doesn't like put it on all the way he like just like sets it on his hat so he looks like he's got a cone head the dude I mean never laughed so hard in my life the greatest <laughs> the greatest time ever totally redeemed himself
3: I'm glad he turned the, the best part is when we started quoting Uncle Eddie he had no idea what we were talking <laughs> about
4: yeah, he's like well, he's gave look he has to look like what are you
3: Weird. Yeah, and that's no, the no, best part. Really <laughs> he's not even like this is him dressing normal, so he had no idea that there's Christmas vacation. He had no idea who Uncle Eddie was until he finally showed up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that." Yeah, and he's definitely. a good he, Jones is a good hot bamba boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first night we ate some steaks, hung out, drank a lot of whiskey just to you know get the cold off us. Um. I probably slept the greatest I ever slept because you're out in the woods and, you know, fresh air and everything. It was awesome. Woke up early as heck in the morning, right? Right when the sun came up. Um, made breakfast and then we went to the lake to fish all day long and fly fish. Well, I tried fly fishing. Like I said in the last podcast, I'm learning and boy, were we learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, we couldn't even remember how to tie a freaking knot, dude. Yeah, we had it. Down, you're just a step yeah i missed one i kept i lost so i bought like 11 flies and i lost like nine all on the first cast <laughs> because i just kept screwing up my tie like my fisherman's not like every time by missing one step and i'm like what the heck am i doing wrong so finally I figured it out we're fine and i was trying to get the whole fly thing down and i think my first cast i snagged the tree behind me and i was like sick this is gonna go great um, and Bobby caught the biggest fish of the day with a giant boulder rock. <laughs> that was the only thing we caught
4: that
3: day. <laughs> and everyone around us, there's like guys out there on like little paddle boats and stuff, and they're just like catching fish, and they're just like pulling in like it's nothing. And we're like, Yeah, oh, we got this. No, we don't got this. We don't got this. And well, then we went to the
4: the other lake, right, we were walking in because it was like all snowy, and those guys walked out with like Twenty freaking rainbow trout. Yeah, what
3: browns, browns and rainbows, like nothing. And it, the the worst, I think, the worst part of all of this is, you know, we don't catch anything. But you know, Bobby and Alyssa go out fishing, and Alyssa catches everything. So it makes us just look really bad.
4: She <laughs> makes me look
3: bad. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not fair. So she goes out. She goes out and catches fish, and we can't do anything. And we're actually trying, you know. She's just out there like, huh, oh, this is fun. Yeah, she won't even. So she catches her first fish. Right? And I'm uh, like, yo, hey, we got to take a picture, you know. I'm like, here, just grab it by the bottom lip, pinch it with your thumb, and then I'll take a picture. And she's like,
4: I'm not touching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I have to get a pair of nose to clamp the <clears throat> lip. And then, like, as she's pulling it, like, rips the bottom lip. I'm like, oh yeah, this was a way more humane way of doing this.
3: Yeah, this is great. <laughs> oh, Alyssa, we love you. Oh, uh, so, to, to backtrack a little bit, before we went to the lake, we got out one of my favorite things ever the Java Can. The Java Can is awesome. It's a military well not i shouldn't say military and company but the guy is ex-military i think he's still in a little bit. i think he does reserves now or something like that and he's a really cool dude my brother knows him and he basically started this java can which is a ammo can and inside the ammo can has all of the necessities you need to make awesome espresso when you're camping anywhere at anywhere you're at it comes with the the burner um, it comes with the espresso, the French press, espresso pot. It comes with a grinder. It comes with cups and even a little frother and even, yeah, even the grinder and everything. So it was really awesome. Yeah. I'm a believer. I'm going to buy one. Yeah. And it's for, for the price that you get. And that, I mean, you can roll that thing down a hill and nothing's going to happen. Everything inside, everything's secure. Cause it's an ammo can. If anyone's ever seen an ammo can, they're fricking durable as heck. Um, yeah. So we got the we got that out. We made espressos in the morning, of course, poured a little bit of whiskey in there, drank a little, uh, some morning coffees with some espresso, which was awesome. And uh, of course. yeah, I definitely go by that. Look it up. Java can. They are awesome. They make great products. And for military members, if you just hit them up, tell them you're military, they give you a discount, ship it right to your house. It is legit. Um, so <laughs> we go out fishing all day. Of course, we have a blast. We're just out in the open. Having fun. It's on a four day weekend, so of course we don't care what we're doing. We don't care if we're catching. I could catch nothing as long as I'm sitting out there with my dogs and my buddies. We're good to go, you know? And then came back from fishing all day, and the trek back was hilarious because Jones's little dog, Reesey, is the craziest one of them all. So we have the two big dogs, and this little dog is hooked on, it's like a cat almost. It loves. Little lines and it loves little hooks. So every time we cast the hook out, the dog wants to get the hook. So, freezing cold water, because it's snowing, jumps in the water multiple times. times. But jumps in once, we pull him out, he's freezing, shaking, we get him warm, put him in a blanket, keep him in like our jackets to keep him warm. We pull him out, he feels better. What does he do? Jumps right back in. (laughs) So, this dog, it's a Yorkie teacup.
4: Like ankle biter, (laughs) eat it in one bite. Like that's how big this dog is. But
3: really cool dog. Really cool dog. Love that dog. (laughs) Like our dogs. Our dogs tried playing with him, and he wanted nothing to do with it. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 no. Let me hang out with the humans. I don't want to be around these savage animals. And then, so we finished up fishing, hanging out all day long. We were there all day long, and we're walking back. And now Jones, of course, Uncle Eddie has his Wrangler jeans on and his cowboy Texas boots on, and his boots are soaked because he's—they're not meant for the snow—and his feet are like frozen. So we're walking back, <laughs> and me and Bobby aren't paying attention. We're like a mile ahead of him. We look back, and we don't even see him anymore. And we're like, "Oh great, is he dead? Like, what the heck? Where'd he go?" So he comes walking out, carrying nothing. Cause we're, we're, Yeah, we're carrying all his stuff for him like a dad, you know. We called Bobby dad the whole weekend because he was basically doing everything for us. Um, So he comes walking out. He's like, oh, don't worry about me, guys. I'm I'm fine back here. (laughs) He can't can't feel his toes.
4: His eyelids eyelids are frozen shut.
3: (laughs) Total total Uncle Eddie. Sorry. I'm still trying to get over a cold because I have smallpox in my arm right now which feels great. Lucky. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, we come back from a long day of fishing, hanging out, so we decide, you know what, we're just going to go back to the campsite, we're going to hang out, make another fire, eat some food, and just chill and talk and hang out by a fire. So, we made a fire, got everything back up and going, started playing some music, started cooking some more food. Bobby made an awesome freaking meal. I don't even know what he was thinking, but it was came out epic. It looked like crap in the beginning. He was just... Took a bunch of sausage and a bunch of veggies and just chopped them all up and made this huge like smorgasbord and just put it on its Coleman grill and just let it cook for a while, and it was probably like, one of the best meals I've had because when you camp, like we say, you spend thousands of dollars to live like shit, you know. Yeah, pretty much. And not not on this camping trip we it was actually pretty awesome. We lived like kings. That was a pretty good meal, man. I have to, I have to remember that one. Oh yeah, that one you can't you can't you can't get rid of that one can't get rid of that one so let's and then so we finished the trip up next day we woke up early in the morning made some breakfast drank some coffee actually we went to denny's because we just drove in we drove back to town because we had one more day left of we we had monday off so we decided to just come back a day early hang out and do some things so we went to denny's ate got home all that good stuff it was a fun trip it was a blast um i also want to talk about one more thing so i always there's two things i always bring on a camping trip like that And one is a Java can. The second one is the D-Day IFAC because the D-Day IFAC is awesome. I actually have it right next to me. So I'm going to talk about it for a quick split second. But the D-Day IFAC is my brother and his buddies. They have a company called D-Day. It's out of Florida. And they do awesome things. They do a lot of TCCC medicine. And they work with all the fire departments and SWAT teams on active shooters and stuff like that. And they train – Basically, to prepare for anything, and they have these awesome IFACs. And basically, in the IFAC, you get a whole entire—god, I man—I can't even say. It. There's so many things in here. You get a tourniquet, you get sea locks, you get medical shears, gloves, like everything you need just in case something goes wrong. Thank God, I've never had to use it, but for trips like that, anything can happen. So it's always good to have, and it's super lightweight, so you can always hook it to anything, and it just. It's literally legit to have. Like, I have it on every backpacking trip, every camping trip, even when I go snowboarding, I bring it because who knows what's going to happen? And who knows when you need a tourniquet?
4: Oh, for sure, man. Hashtag DC, bro.
3: Yeah, seriously. And these dudes are all good dudes. They're all military guys. My brother is a phenomenal medic, and he works with a bunch of good dudes, all Green Beret guys, all really good dudes, and they're really cool. I met a bunch of them. They've come over for, like, family dinners and stuff. They're basically part of the family now, and they're really good. So look them up as well, D-Day. They have great, great products. And they also, and if you're in Florida, they do awesome courses. You can get your CCW course. You can go take their T C medicine courses, their tactical courses. I mean, they are just really good dudes. So D-Day IFAC or D-Day on Instagram, follow them. They are awesome, guys. Um, so other than that, we got back from the trip. It was really fun. And... I want to change the subject. I know it's crazy. I'm just jumping all around in this podcast. But Elk Tags just came out. Yeah. Bobby, did you get hit? Yeah, you did. Oh, me, sure. I didn't get hit. No? Mm mm. You know, did, uh, did JT? Uh, JT is still being optimistic. He doesn't want to look. He thinks he's going to get hit. He hasn't seen anything <laughs> happen yet. But
4: <laughs>
3: I no. don't know if he's going to yeah. get hit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I
4: haven't heard of anyone that got hit man I don't
3: yeah I haven't heard of anyone either which is it kind of sucks but I mean a couple of our buddies I think one of my buddies said a couple of his friends got hit for it which is it's awesome to get drawn but it's hard I mean and you had you went in with the group and you guys had quite a bit of points right yeah but you put in for hard units yeah, yeah which for... when you have when you have those type of points and you you have you know like, how many points did you guys have as a group? Uh,
4: 13. Came out to an average,
3: yeah. Yeah, average at 13 points. It's like, man, you got to go for the hard units because you want the big bulls, right? Yeah. So, we Gosh. didn't get hit. Bobby didn't get hit. And that's – it's it's hard in Arizona, you know, to get drawn for bull is, is definitely a intense one. Oh. And, and I put in for ones that gave out – I they gave out like 700 tags in my first choice, and I still didn't get picked. And I had only two preference points, but still – I went for a big draw and didn't even get it. Yeah, no, for sure. But the good thing is, is come
4: September weeks, to so get up there and listen to some Elks giggle and do some glassing and <laughs> just Still have some fun, even if you don't have some bow in your hands.
3: So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to go out and still just check out the area because there's always next year. Oh, for sure. There's always next year. and. Like I said, I keep putting in every chance I get, and I have a couple preference points for deer now. So hopefully, I will get drawn for deer this year whenever it comes out. And I think now that I didn't get drawn for elk, I am going to put in for Colorado. Done deal. Yeah, I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a week yeah. long like you guys did when you pulled in that giant buck. You and your brother. Yeah, no, for sure, man. That's. A, I think I. T-
4: I think I told you this when we came back, but like that hunt. It's, like, everything that you imagine on, like, a high country backpack deer hunt, like, that hunt has it all. It's just giant country, beautiful country, hard pack in. You're camping, I think we camped at, like, 12,500 feet, so you're above tree line. Just, just incredible, incredible hunt, man. I mean, even if we didn't kill it, it was just... To be up there was awesome. So, no, I think that's a good choice for sure.
3: Yeah, and the the draws are pretty big up there, you know, for deer. They give out, even for out-of-state residents, they give pretty good tags. Yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. And you guys were out there for five days, right?
4: Yeah, we planned on being out there for eight, but I think we killed them. We killed them the fourth day, and then we uh, hiked out on the fifth,
3: and you guys had to, you guys had to dress it right there and everything.
4: Yeah, yeah, we, were, we killed them a couple miles from camp down in this canyon. So, yeah, yeah, uh, don't we just go a little synopsis of the line.
3: Yeah, dude, let's do it. I mean, might as well.
4: So, September, um, uh, uh, Hunt, Colorado, north of Durango, um, my stepbrother got drawn. I was actually <clears throat> overseas on a deployment, and he gave me a call. I was like, hey, man, I got this hunt. Uh, I can't think of anyone else that, that, you know, hey, I want you to go. I think it's, you know, one, because it's my stepbrother, but, too, he's like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty demanding hunt. And uh, so he asked me to go. I was like, you know, of course, absolutely. You know, who's going to turn that down?
3: So, yeah. Even if you don't get drawn, you're just going to. Yeah. No, for sure. So I got back. Um.
4: About a month after I got back to get get things squared away, we drove up there, um, from Phoenix. Got up there, stayed in Durango, and then drove up next morning to the unit. Hiked in the day before opening day. And, uh, it's funny, kind of funny, man. I think our packs, packs were pretty heavy going in. I think mine I was like 65, maybe 70, I mean, we didn't weigh them, but, you know, picked up a lot of packs in my life, it's probably somewhere around 70, um, hiked in, I think it was a six mile hike, all up, all up, um, but man, it's just incredible country, Crossed like, uh, I think it was the same creek, but, like, two different crossings, um, just beautiful country, but on the way up, uh, stepbrother, you got altitude sickness, because we, we stayed in Durango, but then we drove up, so we drove, like, a couple thousand feet that morning, and then started hiking, and we hiked, I think, it's, like, 4,000 feet of elevation um, <laughs> from from the trailhead, you know. So we in that like one day we gained like six or seven thousand feet of elevation. So he ended up getting altitude sickness. Um so we would we would hike like a quarter mile and then we had to stop and he would rest and I was actually I was getting a little worried about him because he wasn't you know, it's not <clears throat> that's not very uh typical of him. He's usually a pretty stout dude. So uh Anyways, we ended up making it to the top. It took us longer than expected, but we got to the top. He was on, he was, uh, for lack of a better term, he was on Queer Street. So uh, <laughs> we made camp real quick. We glass for a little while, and uh, he looks at me and he goes, "Hey man, I got to, go, I got to go lay down." My like, God, right, man! So he goes, and lays down. I can't glass him. Until dark, picked up a buck. We picked up a buck on the way up there, so I picked him back up <laughs> when, we were at, when we were on top. Pretty nice three by three, still velvet. I mean, that was the goal; was that he wanted to kill a velvet million uh, buck? Um, so, but just wasn't something we were prepared to go after, you know, on the first day. Yeah. So picked him back up. Picked up a couple of does, but nothing. Nothing crazy. Came back, made some dinner, went to bed. Next morning it was opening morning, and uh, the next two days we glassed. So, get. Let me just backtrack a little bit. So, <clears throat> when he invited me on this hunt, neither one of us had ever been in this country. I mean, we we went camping in Durango when we were kids, but you know we were pretty young, and and this was in Durango. We were north of Durango. So none of us have been in this country. So we're scouring Google Earth, you know, trying to do as much scouting as we can via Google Earth. But your your perspective on Google Earth is so much different than your perspective on, uh, you know, real life. Yeah, dude, for sure. You get up there and all of a sudden, you know, we, we start hiking up and we're looking around and I'm like, holy cow, like, this is a big country. And we picked a really good spot to camp. It was kind of right on top of this basin, and there was like two, three, four big canyons that, you know, were about a mile hike on this basin. This basin was pretty flat, so you could jump, jolt out a mile and be in a big canyon, or you can
3: come back, get another canyon, but these canyons were so big that you'd spend a whole day just glassing that one canyon, you know? Yeah. So... Next couple days, we picked a canyon, glassed it, hiked around the other side, glassed the back
4: side. The first, the opening day, we actually glassed up two nice bucks. One of them was a nice 4x4, but he was hard-worn. And his body with him was 3x3, big 3x3 in velvet. So JJ actually. Yeah, I just put a stock on the bucks, and it was about, it was about a two-mile stock. Thick, uh, thick, <laughs> thick alder, so we're above tree land, but there's these, these thick, I don't know, I think they're alders, or chaparral, or I'm not sure what they are, but real thick. Have you ever been to, like, Alaska or, like, Southern California, that thick, like, brush, and you just can't walk through because it it's so thick. That's what these deer are living in up there, and they just kind of hide right in it. I mean, it's just tall enough where they can... They have, like, these little, uh, like, paths through this stuff. It's like a tunnel. And they just, like, walk through these. They bed in them. You can't see them. Anyways, two-mile hike, two-mile stock on these bucks. And I'm on the radio. Like, yeah, you know, they are still there, yeah, it's to your left or to your right or he's below you. Um, and I'm way out looking through the scope. Uh, so he gets pretty close. It's probably eighty yards, but it, they were like down on this little roll, and he just couldn't see him. He wasn't; it didn't drop off steep enough to where he'd get up above and look down. It just kind of like was like a gradual roll yeah. down.
3: So, so, so you can never, see him, you can see him, but he can't. Yeah, I can see him. I'm like, oh man, he's right there. Like he's he within hundred yards. He can
4: take a shot, but he just he never saw him. Plus, they were on the bottom side of this thick. You know, Alder Patch. Never did see him. They picked up his scent. They hauled they halt button. they actually ran. One of the bucks ran the opposite way. The other buck ran towards me. And I watched this buck run all the way across this basin two miles. And he's, like, he's covering ground quick. Yeah. He runs all the way down. He runs up to my right, probably about 100 yards, makes a hard right and comes, runs. Probably twenty yards right by. Me. I <laughs> kid, twenty yards. I'm like, I'm like ducking. I'm like, oh shit! Like, I don't want to see me. But no kid. This buck runs like twenty yards. And uh, my brother's on the side says he was he was watching through his binoculars and just laughing his butt off. He's like, unreal. The <laughs> buck, ran Right by. Me. I'm like, holy cow! <laughs> and you
3: can't shoot it of course. You
4: don't have the yeah, tag. I'm just watching. I'm like, holy cow, man. So, anyways, we packed up. It was about, it was, you know, it was getting dark, so headed back to camp, and then the next day, we decided to go over this uh, this other real big canyon that, you know, looking on good earth, it looked really good. It had a lot of water, and it kind of, like, so we were on a basin, and then it dropped down about a mile, and then it went to, like, another, like, little basin, and it dropped down deep in this big canyon, but this, like, little middle basin looked really good. So I was like, "Hey, man, let's check that out." So, we get up early morning before the, sun, before the sun's up. Sorry, and uh, Copenhagen. Um, <laughs> so we get out, we get out on the side of this little ridge, and we start glassing, and um, we're picking up doves, bunch of doves. Like first hour, we picked up like, uh, I think like eight or nine doves, and, and he looks at me, and he goes, "Well." I think we found the nursery. Yeah. We found a bark of does and a couple of yearlings were like, ah, oh, damn it, you know? And then, so he goes, well, I'm going to look up here, because we're, we're so high that, you know, we're in, like, goat country, like, ridiculous, so he glass, he turns to the binoculars, and he's glassing up above us, like, 13, 14,000 feet. No, there's no, there's not even vegetation, it's like this short grass that's up there, it's not, there's nothing else. And all of a sudden, he goes, holy cow, let me get your scope. Let me get your scope. I'm like, what, what do you got? He's like, holy cow. So I break the scope out, and he looks at it, and he goes, holy cow. He goes, that's the real deal. Holy field right there. And I am I finally get to the mountain I'm like, holy cow. Just a big rack. There was three bucks up there, way up high, like sheep and goat country. Like You wouldn't even... You wouldn't believe it unless you saw it. They, they shouldn't be up there. Yeah. So we we see there's two smaller ones and the one that uh, he ended up killing um, were up there and we watched them all morning. They fed down and they fed right into that that little middle basin I was talking about, and uh, they just bedded in those thick alders. Well, they bedded on the back side of one of these like little rolls, so we we lost sight of them. So I'm like, ah man. So. Uh, we started. Out, we we're like, "Well, let's hike down." So we hike down and kind uh, of get down on the opposite side of a little roll, this little like ridge that he was bedded on the back side of it. We get down there and we're, we're kind of hiking in, and all of a sudden it starts raining. And we're like, oh, "Okay, no big deal." Another rain gear on. We got. We both had a really good rain gear, so we throw that on and we're making our way, trying to go to the right to. To look on, you know, to glass back towards this where he was, where we last saw him bed at. Um, as we were making our way, there's all of a sudden we stumble upon uh, three bucks. One of them was like a, a small three, and then two spikes. The spikes had both the spikes had velvet, but the th- the small three was hard You know, it was a small buck, but. So we like we froze. We sat down. And we were just watching these bucks, and I kid you not, those bucks were at a hundred yards for an hour, just staring at us. They were just staring at us. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. It didn't spook. They knew we were there. They were just kind of watching us. And I'm looking at JJ. He's looking at me. He's hey, he goes, "Man, he's like, is, is someone trying to tell me something? Like, should I should I kill this buck?" And I'm like, you know, I don't have a tag. I'm not going to be the guy. But like, yeah, you know, take it. Or don't take it. I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's up to you. So we sit there for an hour watching these bucks, and they just like watch for like the first twenty minutes, and they like put their
2: head down and they would eat, and then they would look back at us. Oh my god! (laughs) Put their heads down and they would eat, you know. And
4: JJ, I would keep looking at him, just like shaking. He's like, man, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. You know, my thinking in my head, like, please don't shoot this buck, but. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that to him. Yeah. So finally, after about an hour, and it's still raining on us, it's starting to, um, like hail a little bit. Finally, he's like, "What do we do, man?" And I'm like, "Dude, honestly, like, I just want to see what's on the other side of this. We're on this little knob. We can go to the, the backside, and we could glass back to where, where we last saw that the bigger buck. So he's like, "All right, let's go." So we just started walking. You know. Pretty quiet, but we just started walking, and these bucks didn't care. They just watched us the whole time. We walked up to the top of this little knob, to where we could glass back, and we sat down. It's still raining, it's cold. There's not, there's no sight of it letting up any anytime soon. So we sit down, we start glassing, and uh, it's, it's probably like, it's probably like 11, 11.30 or noon, and uh, we sit down, glass for like two minutes and all of a sudden I I, I spin binoculars over, boom, I pick him up like in two minutes in this like little hole in this thick overgrown alders. And this buck is just right there, bedded, bedded towards us, just not looking at us, but just looking in our direction. Boom, like, ah, I got him, you know? And he's like, what? What? <laughs> <So, laughs> He, he spins around, and he's like, holy shit. He's like, good <laughs> fun, good fun. I'm like, hell yeah, man. So, but he's in a spot that, you know, we can't... There's, there's no way of putting a stock on who we'll, I range him on through the binoculars, and he's like 290 yards. I'm like, well, that's... He's out of range for a muzzleloader shit, you know? So, and your brother's
3: got so the muzzleloader, is, right?
4: Yeah, this is a muzzleloader tech
3: Okay. So... We're like, well, what do we do? You know, and
4: it's raining, it's hailing, and then it starts snowing. And we're like, oh my god, so we're like, well, we'll just sit here and watch him. You know, this buck sits there from we, we picked him up at like noon, noon 30-ish, I don't remember the exact time, but so we pick him up, and we're like, well, we'll just watch him. So that's what we did. We sat there. We're on the top of this knob and these alders oh, there's, there's no cub. There's no Know, covered for us we're just sitting there in our rain it's snowing on us slash like
1: snow rain and then the wind comes and we're sitting there we're shivering
4: you know we're freezing I'm, I'm sitting next to him he's looking at me he forgot he said, well he had a buzz motor so his rain pants he used to wrap around the the rifle to make sure that the powder didn't get wet so he's sitting there soaking wet um, I'm in my rain I'm feeling pretty good. I mean I'm cold but I'm not wet. You know, we're just both shivering me and he goes, This is what it's all about, huh? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so we ended up sitting there till about till about six PM. We sat there for five years just watching for five hours just watching this buck. <laughs> five years. <this buck. laughs> yeah. That <laughs> felt like five years. But uh this buck when he was bedded, he'd get up and he's in like this. I want—I want to say, like maybe five, five yards by five yards, like little hole in these alders, and there's a big pine tree, and he's bedded right in there. He would get up, he would go to the edge of his little his little hole right there, his little bed. He would eat on those alders, you know, eat a little bit, turn around, and he would bed back down. And then you know, like another 20, 30 minutes, he'd get up, go to the other side of this little this little safety area a little bit more, and he would turn around and kind of look around a little bit, shake off the rain, because it's raining on him, shake a little bit, and he would lay back down. And this happened for five hours, where it's like, oh my gosh, man, you're killing us. So, anyways, about six, about six in, the, in the evening, JJ goes, hey, man, I'm going to go down there and try to get situated and just hope that he, you know, gets up. When the sun starts to go down and kind of makes his way towards me. And I'm like, all right. So I stayed up top, you know, still getting rain on, freezing, freezing my balls off. And uh, so he makes his
1: way down. I'm watching the buck. The buck doesn't move. So JJ gets down. And we're on
4: the radio. And he's like, is he still there? I'm like, yeah, he's still there. He's like, all right, I'm just going to wait here. And you let me know when he gets up. I'm like, all right. Another hour goes by. It's like 7, and it's getting dark. And, uh, about seven, he's like, he's been sitting there freezing. He goes, what's he doing? I'm like, he just laid his head down. This buck literally laid his head down. Oh my God. It's like, either now
3: or never, man.
4: Yeah, dude. So I'm like, dude, I, he laid his head down, man. <laughs> I don't
3: know what to tell you.
4: <laughs> I don't think he's getting up. So finally, he's like, all right, man, I'm just going to, like, walk towards him. So he finds, like, this little tunnel that kind of leads towards him. And he's walking. This is from this is from what he told me. I'm watching, but I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell what he was doing. He said he was walking through, like, kicking branches, you know, not, you know, the complete opposite of, of what he should have been doing, kicking branches. And he gets within. And I rated him. I was like, "Yeah, I think you're like 30, 40 yards from this buck." <clears throat> he's like, "All right." So he starts. He keeps, you know, <clears throat> walking towards him. and He says he gets like within 20 yards. And he's, he starts going, hey, dude, hey, dude, like just trying to get the, the buck to stand up because the buck's still <laughs> laying down. His, his, his head's kind of turned towards the, the, the direction that he's coming, but he's still bedded down. And I'm like, yeah, he's still laying down, man, he's still laying down. So he starts going, hey, dude, hey, dude, and uh, nothing, nothing happened. So he starts walking, and he's like, you know what, it's, it's getting dark, so he just starts walking towards him. He gets 10 yards, 10 yards from this buck, and this buck finally gets up, kind of looks back, and then he starts, he starts going away. He, he starts like trotting off, but he's going through this thick stuff. The buck, he goes like 10 yards, so like a 20 yards now from uh, stepbrother. He stops, turns, and he has like, maybe a two second, he said he just, he saw him when he got up, he ran, and he saw him stop, he just like, Raised his gun, got his sights on it, and fired. He said it was like shoot ski. He's like <laughs> threw his rifle up, boom, took the shot. <laughs> Shots? The hell! I didn't know what was going on. Me, you know. So I, I jump like my just go spin into the right. I went, like, oh shit! So I spin him back, and I pick the buck up. He runs away from me, like he runs thirty yards away from JJ, and then runs like a hundred yards away from me. And then he's kinda of like stumbling a little bit. I can tell he he was hurt, so I'm on I'm the radio, I'm like Man, he's it, he's it, he's hurt and he stops. It's about hundred yards, kinda of looks back, and then it's it's so dark now that I could just see his his body, you know, I could just see like his silhouette and his rack. And uh it looked like at, at like hundred yards he like it looked like he you know, like laid down or well, he, like, fell over, so I'm like, oh, you know, I can't really tell, and then, so I get on the radio, I'm like, hang on, he either laid down, <laughs> he's either hurt, he laid down, or, or he died right there, so he's like, alright, so, he's like, 'We'll come down to me, so, packed up, I go down, and I meet him down there, <clears throat> we're talking about a little bit, I'm like, yeah, and, you know, I'm not sure, it's dark now, by the time I make down there, it's, you know, pitch black out, and he's like, man, trying to walk through this, Trying to find blood, it's going to be a nightmare. I don't want to push him, and you know, we didn't want to push it, push the deer in case he was just you know wounded. You know, if he bedded, it looked like he betted down, so maybe he'll just stay there tonight and he'll just die overnight. So we made a decision like, "Well, let's hike back to camp. We'll, we'll go to bed and we'll come back in the morning." Well, camp is two miles up this mm-hmm. range and then a mile back to the tent. Like, ah, all right, let's do it. So we hiked back up that night. We get back to the tent late. It's pretty late, (coughs) so we crawl in. We're laying there. We're watching footage we have. You know, had the the uh, digiscoping. I got a bunch of cool video. I actually have it on on my Instagram. (coughs) You can go check it out. But got a lot of cool video video of him. Some cool pictures. He had some. So we're just like talking about what happened and just like couldn't believe that he actually had a you know he got a shot off and and he hit him you know there's no doubt he hit him so we're just like you know kind of reliving it smiling laughing but we're pretty tired so we go to bed get up you know neither one of us slept
3: yes you don't sleep well you're just waiting to go find that deer
4: yeah so we get up before the sun's up get everything together we haul ass back down there we get back to where uh where we, where he took the shot, and we're walking in, and of course everything looks way different in the daylight now. So I'm like, ah, I think this is where it is, you know. Finally, so we start tracking. We're kind of walking the the path that I thought that this buck went, and uh, we're walking probably twenty yards from where we last, from where he took the shot, and uh, pick up blood. Like, All right, cool. and it's. It's in these alders, and these alders have these little tiny leaves that are like have like green, but then they have yellow, but then they have like reddish tint to them. So it's like, is that blood or is it just a yeah, leaf? Yeah, you know, it's a, a nightmare. But we're looking for you know broken branches and stuff. As he was running through it, we picked up blood. All right, cool. So we you know we're going real slow, make sure we look, and all of a sudden we probably saw blood for like thirty. 30, 40 yards, and I look up, and you just see, like, a, uh, a white butt, I'm like, oh, I look back, at look at me, I'm like, I think, there he is, there he is, so he pick up the finals real quick, and he looks, and he drops the finals, like, kind of, you know, nonchalantly, he looks at me, and he just, the big old smile, <laughs> like, you know, yelling and screaming and cheering, and we're hugging, like, like a bunch of dudes, you know, just, like, yeah, I, you know, couldn't believe it. So we walked up, and sure enough, man, that right where that right where I saw him fall or lay down, I wasn't sure he died right there. He was dead. Good. So yeah, man. I mean, long story short, made it happen. Couldn't believe it. Uh, just an incredible buck. You know, still in full velvet. He was a four by three. Um, just a big frame, mature buck,
3: and it was just it was incredible, man. It was. It was really cool. It was just dude, that's awesome. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely need that photo so I can post it on the website so People can see just yeah, how big no, this buck big. was. For sure, I can I can get that to you. But yeah, man, you know. So we filled dressed him. We deboned him
4: right there because we had to pack him out. We didn't pack the extra weight of the bones. So deboned him, threw him in the the game bags, and uh, then we made the hike back out. You know, took some pictures. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But on the way out, man, we. We went into this into his bed, and this buck. There's a reason that he got as big as he did because he just he had this pattern. He had this little bedding area, and it it was perfect, man. It was a perfect area for him. You would have never known he was in there unless you saw him, like we did that morning and watched him go into there. You yeah. <laughs> would have never known he was there. So yeah, man, went out to back camp, and uh, step brother, he had a, an infant at home, so he was. You know, he was happy out there, but he was missing her. So we packed up camp that morning. Yeah, I guess it was like afternoon by the time we got back. And then we just, we hiked back down. I think his pack was probably 80 or 90, and mine was, I had all the meat. <laughs> I packed way too much. Well, we planned on being out there for eight days. So I packed so much food. My plan was, you know, if we were up there, if we killed early, I was just going to dump it all out you know, and just bring the trash back out with me, but I'm looking around at the cliff bars and, you know, mountain house and all this stuff. I'm like, man, that's like $100 worth of food. <laughs> I'm just going to pack it out. So I loaded the pack up. My pack was probably $120, 110 $120. Heavy, heavy pack. That's but,
3: rough uh, for any hike. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was heavy, but man, it was so worth it. You know, it was,
4: That was the best part was, you know, knowing that we had a pack full of meat with some bone on, you know, with some bone in his pack, and so we hiked back, the whole, the whole way down, all we could think about was, uh, we both were craving a bacon cheeseburger, right, so we were talking (laughs) about that, you know, I thought, man, can't wait to get back down and get us a, you know, big old bacon cheeseburger with some fries, and, you know, we're salivating over this burger, (laughs) We get back yeah. it's like it's like seven time we get back to the truck, seven thirty. Sun's going down, so we load up, we haul us into a little town close by. It's actually a Silverton. And uh we get into Silverton and anyone that's been to Silverton knows how small of a town it is. And we're driving down like the main drive and like we're looking for a left, looking to our right,
3: and all we see is like those neon like signs and it just it's lit up close. closed close man. oh uh, no the only thing open was this pizza
4: pizza place so we ended up going in there and getting the pizza and you didn't
3: care yeah, I and mean, it was
4: good it wasn't no bacon cheeseburger
3: but <laughs> um, yeah man it just dude it that, is, is, great.
4: Is, into a, into
3: that is awesome that place, is so. awesome so so it is safe to say that big bucks can live in very high country
4: oh yeah oh yeah man There's definitely summering up there and I mean, it, to, to to say that that's going to happen every year, I think it's pretty overzealous. You yeah. know, I mean, just, it just, everything just happened perfectly for us, and so many things had to go right for that to happen, but man, it's just, I'm glad it did, because yeah. I mean, it couldn't have happened to a, to a more deserving guy, and for sure. I was humbled and just, you know, so, uh, so thankful to be up there with him, and just to, to get the invite, it was just, you know, incredible, so, yeah, yeah I man, I think that's definitely something that you guys should look into doing, shoot, I would love to do it again, I just, I might have something going on in September that uh, won't allow me to go, yeah. but if yeah. you do get a tag, man, I, obviously, you know, we'll talk and help out, and whatever, but definitely, definitely something you guys should look into doing, you, yeah. you know, even if you don't kill just to be up there and just experience that country, it's just, it's incredible.
3: Yeah, and that, I mean, that's, this is what we train for, you know, getting so far back to where there's no one else around, it's just you and your buddy, you need to be lightweight, you need to be able to pack out, you need to be able to move, you need to be able to hike, altitude sickness is a big thing, You everything can be a factor, and that's why it gets dangerous, but at the same time, it's so rewarding at the end. Oh,
4: for sure, man, yeah, no, for sure, I, I still think about that on every day, it's just, I'm, I'm going to do a hunt again. Hopefully, I can get attacked tag next time I go. But
3: yeah, yeah, sure. it's
4: just just an awesome
3: hunt. Yeah, that's I mean, dude, that is an epic story. I'm glad we got to talk about that on this podcast. I'm actually really happy we talked about that because the camping trip was fun, but nothing compares to a good backpack hunt and a good <laughs> no, talk about man. that. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but no, I was, dude, it's just an awesome time. That is amazing. That's what this is what this podcast is for. All this stuff. So, anyone listening, please, if you have any questions. Ask Bobby. He's been to Colorado. He's done these hunts. He's been up in high country. He knows what he's doing when it comes to that stuff, so please feel free, um, and I'm definitely going to post a picture of the buck that they killed because it was awesome, and I saw the photo of it when it happened, and it was epic. Um, you two definitely need D-Day IFACs, though, if you're going to be going up in that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't know about the D-Day at the time, but had yeah. I known that... Would have been on my belt for sure, man. especially no, hiking sure. two miles back in pitch black darkness through stuff that can kill you. You know, it's probably <laughs> best, yeah, <laughs> dude. That is awesome. I think, you know, other than that, I think I'm gonna it's been an hour and we're gonna cut down this podcast and get ready for next week. And hopefully, we can get something out again, dude. That was a great podcast. I'm actually happy to have you on here, man. Yeah, for sure, man.
4: Thanks for having
3: me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I look forward to being on it again. Yeah, man, I'm absolutely. So, cool, man. All right, dude. All right, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, man, I'll give you a call in a little bit. Bye. All right, guys, so you heard it. It was an awesome hunt, awesome backpacking trip from Bobby, awesome camping weekend. And like I said, you know, elk tags are getting hit. Stay tuned for that. If you get hit, awesome. If you have any questions, please hit us up. I hope to have Nick Debach on here soon so we can talk about the elk units and stuff. And he's a guide for Dwayne Adams, so it'll be awesome to talk and see what he's got to offer. All right, till next week.